0: There are institutions that have goals and have ethics that prevent some people from being part of that community. So I just wanna say, in defense of church discipline, every organization has goals and rules that they are trying to get towards. And if a person is disruptive and destructive inside that organism, it makes all the sense in the world that they should be removed from that organism, in my opinion
1: this is study with friends a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the bible the church and the broader christian faith i'm paige and this week we continue expanding our apologetics toolbox as we start to wrap up our multi-series focus on the book searching for god this episode is part of a series you can get the rest of the episodes learn more about the guests in this series about the resources we provide, and the larger work that we are doing all at studywithfriends.org.
2: Somewhere else in scripture, because I was just reading it recently, it does say if if that person, that group, that whomever, they continue to make those choices, right? So it's one, we all sin, my gosh. Yes. Mm -hmm. Please. But we're also then supposed to try to be better. Like you also can't Mm -hmm. use like, you know, Jesus as like, oh well, don't worry, I have grace. I I can just go Mm -hmm. back out, you know, next Saturday and and do the same thing over and over Mm -hmm. and over, or whatever your sin is, because Mm -hmm. they're limitless basically for all of us. Yes. So somewhere, and I you know it, I'm sure, it does then say at some point when that person just continues to be basically doing the same thing over and over and making no effort to Live in a more godly way in following mm-hmm. really how we are designed to be. There says something about them like kind of like cutting them off. Then
0: yeah, okay. So th- we're drifting into a Bible study. I'm going to answer that, and then uh, I want to go back to okay. the questions that are. But I'm thinking about Caitlin's no, question. I'm going to answer it to her point. I think that this passage that you're talking about is actually talking about church discipline. Okay. So there is a process for church discipline where a person who would call themselves a Christian is overtly sinning the church and the elders are to relationally try to bring them back into reconciliation but if that person rejects the reconciliation and and clings to the sin they're supposed to be removed from the fellowship
2: so that's of a church it's not of being relational if it's the passage that that I'm thinking of
0: yeah and so I think that that aligns I think first of all it's that may sound harsh and I just want to deal with that if a person continues to cling to sin. The question I think you asked was, how do we stay in relationship with them? And I want to deal with that. But I think that that the passage that you're talking about is dealing with biblical um, church discipline. So I just want to quickly make sure that I deal with that just because it came up and we're we're just rolling with it. It may seem harsh for a church to reject someone. Again, aren't we all supposed to love each other? However... All institutions that have organization are going to make sure that the rules of their organization are held or the people who want to adopt that organization, they either fit or they don't. So think about a school. It has to stay orderly. There are rules. There are goals for the school. The education of the children and the safety of the staff and the children – there are overarching goals that the educational institution is trying to achieve. It's not okay for someone to come with a weapon. That person should be put out. It's not okay for someone to be a bully. They may need to be suspended for a little while. They may need to be removed from that community because they are damaging that community. And the goals that organization and that community exists to achieve. So I know it doesn't sit right for people to think that a church would do that, but it is aligned with every other institution. If we look at our government, politicians, they should be put out if they break the law. Police officers, if they break the law, they should lose their job. There are institutions that have goals and have ethics that prevent some people from being part of that community. So I just want to say defense of church discipline, which is a super deep dive into the Christian faith, but in defense of church discipline, every organization has goals and rules that they are trying to get towards. And if a person is disruptive and destructive inside that organism, it makes all the sense in the world that they should be removed from that organism, in my opinion. Now, I think you may know about this. I'm going to say really vague terms. I'm familiar with a situation where church discipline happened and a person, it was a young person, was beyond destructive to the group and psychologically harmed another person in the group. And for the safety of that second person who was harmed, the first person was asked to not participate in that group. For a little while. That's appropriate. Male-female thing. I'm sure you're picking up what I'm putting down. The church protected the victim. That necessarily meant that the person who sinned and made a mistake rightfully was removed from that community. However, the pastors and elders stayed in relationship with that person. Because Christ doesn't give up on a person just because they're sinning heinously and hurting people. And that to me was one of the most beautiful examples of church discipline and how this stuff plays out. Because we want justice. We want the victims to be protected. So we can't have it both ways. Oh, the church should love everyone and never put anyone out. Okay, so I just want to leave that there. I think that's the passage that you're talking about. If you're talking about more generally, how do we stay in relationship with people who are a sinful mess? Well, first of all, How do we stay in relationship with the mirror? But others, it's a case by case. What we all wish is that the Bible were 66 books of checklists that we could just work through in our lifetime and check off and be like, I did it. It's not. There are not scripted answers for every situation you're going to find in your life. And the, the Bible requires that you deepen your relationship with God and his word and his son and his spirit to make your way through some of the diciest things in life. But that's what the tribe is about. That's what your pastor's there for. That's what your Christian friends and family are there for. That's what God's word is there for. That's what prayer is for. That's what the spirit lives in us for. And it's individual. I had to make, I didn't choose to remove myself from that group of friends. I stayed in it. I tested it. Can I stay in it? Can I stay in it and be faithful? Can I grow in the way that God's calling me to grow by changing my behavior or allowing him to change my behavior allowing him to change my heart before I go into that situation? Or am I gonna keep falling down? If I'm gonna keep falling down, I have to get out of it until I'm strong enough to not. And that's a case by case thing. And you know, wise counsel and good friends will help you figure that out. And the Bible and prayer and the spirit, right? Okay. Woo, we went far afield. But we're still kind of on the same, Mm -hmm. like the Mm -hmm. ethics of how we behave as Christians. So I guess it's not so far away. The the nature of her question was a lot more disarm than deconstruct. The nature of her question was a lot more deconstruct than disarm, although disarm had to be a part of it because the foundational principles of just like flat disbelief uh, are hard to unseat. Hers was ethical in the the role of love and hate. That's not that's actually not as hard for me to unseat because I can just be love and just mindfully every time I interact with her be love and acceptance and validation and I'm not I'm not going to validate if she's living in sin right but I'm not gonna be like you know what it is all good if a person were having sex with their boyfriend I know that God's intention for sex is very clear and has really a lot of very consistent effect if you don't follow that Mm -hmm. and I'm just gonna wait it out And I'm going to love you through the brokenness you are going to experience by maybe not with upholding the things that God says, this is the better way. I'm just going to love you through that. And then at the right time, the Spirit's going to teach me and show me when to say, God has a better way. Can we talk about that? God wants to heal this in you. And I've already spent a good amount of time loving her well. And so when I say God wants to love you and heal you from this, can we talk about that? I think I have an opening. You know, I'm not waiting for her to fall down and break, but sin is full of brokenness. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. And so it's better for me to be the soft place to land. Right. You know, than the barrier she bangs up against.
3: And you're not going to, you know, there's a, it's a saying tap dance on her grave. Exactly. When mm-hmm. the, the break happens. Yeah.
0: Because that's not what Jesus does.
3: Mm-hmm. While we were still sinners, he
0: died for us. Mm-hmm. While we were his enemies, he laid down his life to save us think about that an enemy and you're going to get in front of a bus for them that's radical love and that's what we're called to do with people we're in relationship
4: with if we're doing anything else we're not getting it right i think that's a good thing to like emphasize because a lot of times with my generation <laughs> a lot of things we've kept from like our parents out of fear because of not the rules i don't know how to phrase Judge, it. Um, I, um, I just had this conversation with with wait let her oldest. find the word yeah because like, that's important With things that are in the Bible, like not having sex before marriage and... Oh, a good example. Yeah, like an example of like getting drunk because, I mean, I'm in college. And um, I think that we need to emphasize coming from a place of love because a lot of times that fear is the... I told you so. Mm -hmm. You like you knew this was gonna happen. I knew this was gonna happen to you. This is what you Mm -hmm. get. Like Mm -hmm. all this stuff before, and that comes before the okay. Now I'm here for you. Like let me help you. Like that should come first. And I told you so. And everything should really just never be a part of that conversation. I can tell you as a mom,
0: when that happens, it's because I've let my feelings get in front of my true intentions. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I mean, that happens if I'm not loving you first. I'm not getting it right, but I'm human, and so I'm not always gonna. And, and our children are the ones we care the most deeply about. They're the ones we're, that that are gonna be able to evoke those strong emotions in us fastest. Mm-hmm. It's about self control, which, by the way, is a fruit of the spirit, which, by the way, God promises to give us if we deepen our relationship with Him. So, circle around, round and round we go. But I, I mess it up all the time. I'm a mom. Must never get it right. <laughs> I mean, I don't don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here being like, well, if you had the spirit like I do, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> no, <laughs> rest assured I mess it up. I mean, I can't remember a time I didn't mess it up because I love my kids and I think I know what they should do and what's best for them. <laughs> I forget that God actually knows what's best for them and not me. And you know, I, I'm a mess in that way. So I think it's good to have other, I, I've always felt that my, I want my girls To have other adult women in their lives so they can talk. And I try to be the adult woman in some of uh, young women's lives so that you can go to someone who's not as emotionally charged who can do that for you. Because moms are still always going to be moms and it's hard for us to not react. And so it's really good to have somebody else who you as a mom trust to speak truth and exemplify Jesus and point your kids back to Jesus when you are
2: not able to.
0: get your wits about you and do it the right way, which is common and understandable. Every day. Yeah.
2: But then as a mom or even a friend who gets fired up about or whatever, because we all are going to do it, you go back and you put your tail between your legs and you you apologize Mm -hmm. because I've had to do that countless numbers of times with my kids already and say, I shouldn't have reacted that way. This is
3: why I did or, you know. Well, it's it's fear. And apologize. Yes. With my oldest, he called me out. Rightfully so, and it's it became a cycle of I don't want to say lying, but omitting information specifically because mm-hmm. of his fear of my reaction, mm-hmm. which my reaction was based on my fear. Yep. Mm-hmm. Of absolutely, this is not what I saw for you, or mm-hmm. this is not, or I told you so.
2: I don't want you to make the same mistakes I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally. It's hard to watch your
0: kids make yeah make decisions you think are mistakes.
3: Right. That's bringing that, you what it boils in this world to. to have watch you you know, go down the flames. Yeah. But yet they have to sometimes. Yeah.
0: And also we didn't bring them into this world. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what other, um, we have a few more minutes if if you have other follow-up questions with your, I think the
4: ethics stuff is really, really good. So I was just thinking like when I went through this, like i just things that are happening in our, like, in the American culture recently. So then I was thinking, like, of questions that people would come up with and also Mm -hmm. questions that I've, like, dealt with with friends and, like, myself. So I think my next thing would just be to go into women's rights specifically. Can, like, someone asking the question of, like, can I be pro-choice and a Christian?
0: (gasps) I love that. Is the question, can I be pro-choice and a Christian? Yes. Why are you asking me that question? Are you a Christian now? And questioning your position and whether it aligns with the Bible on abortion or are you considering Christianity and taking that particular element as a litmus test? I just want to understand what we're, what we're talking
4: about. So considering Christianity. Okay.
0: Are you, when you say you're considering it, um, unfortunately the English language fails. So are you considering it? Like I'm thinking I'm just giving it thought and trying to contemplate what it means or are you considering it like I I think I see that that Christianity is a good thing but I have a few blockers that are in my way between me and and really committing to it which of those considering are we talking about the blockers so the blocker. So the question you asked me is, can I be Christian and pro-choice? Can you tell me what you define pro-choice and pro-life
4: as? So pro-choice is just that women have the choice to have an abortion. They don't have to have one or like they never have to have one or whatever. Um, or they might not you know, necessarily want one for themselves, but they want other women to have that choice. Mm-hmm. And then pro-life is... The belief that life starts at conception and that the baby is alive the whole time mm-hmm. and that abortion is murder.
0: So just trying to understand better where you're coming from, are you in favor of the death penalty or are you against it?
4: Okay. For this perspective, I'll say against it.
0: So why?
4: Wait, changing my answer for it.
0: Are you still representing the same person?
4: Yes. Okay. I was trying to think of like from their perspective, because mm-hmm. I've had this conversation before where people believe Wait, they don't believe in abortion, but they believe in the death penalty, and that's a contradiction. Mm -hmm. So I'm just
0: putting my toe in that water to see if that contradiction exists in this person. I think you guys can guess where I would go. We can go both directions if you want to.
4: Okay, so we'll do for death penalty and pro-choice. Against abort. Oh, for death
0: penalty and pro-choice. Okay. Can you explain to me your rationale for the death penalty?
4: I mean, if someone has done something so like evil to somebody else whatever the context of like murder whatever um i believe that it's fair that they don't get to live anymore i mean if they're not going to you know reform themselves and really think about what they've done and realize what they've done is wrong or if there's something you know wrong in their brain that they that can't be fixed you know what's the point of having them even if they're going to be in jail for the rest of their lives. Like, what is the point of that? So
0: w- would would I be right in saying that you're putting the death penalty under the umbrella of justice? Yeah. So I want to make sure I understand your position. You do believe that in some cases, well, in, ev- in every case, because you're pro-choice and pro-death penalty, you believe that humans have... The ability to decide whether another human lives or dies. Yes. So you acknowledge that when someone gets an abortion, they are making a decision that a human dies. No. That's not exactly what you just said. I, I'm not trying to be sneaky. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm just trying to make sure I understand what you believe. And I don't mean to make you feel attacked. If that's something that you feel I've uncovered as a discrepancy in your belief system, I'd rather we just stop talking about it because I don't want you to feel like I'm attacking you. I just truly want to understand where you're coming from. So let's just back off of that. And how about you can develop your thoughts on that and let's talk about it again stone shoe get out okay let's go the other way and I did I did it by questions I wasn't confrontational Mm -hmm. I just asked questions and then when we hit that mark where she actually contradicted herself and that's why I said are you sure that's what you're saying Mm -hmm. I gave her a chance to be like wait a minute where's she going (laughs) what do I really think it's all about asking questions at the end of the day I know where I'm going and that's important by the way these questions I guarantee you these are the questions that are coming up with other people who are listening or watching. These are the big questions. So I'm glad we're doing them. So it's good to have sort of a map for these bigger questions. But that roadmap for me comes from biblical truth. And I'm just trying to broaden the view of the conversation to make sure that we both
4: see what I see. So so I'd like to go the other way, but then I, but depending on how you go the other way, I just thought of a kind of contradicting thing.
0: Okay, right. do you want to do, do any more with the fact that that person has a little bit of conflicting? I mean, I want to say this. Yes. Some people don't believe life begins at birth. So you, you got jammed up because you were like, whoa. But some people wouldn't. Some people would say, I don't believe that that's a life yet. And then you, you have a few different ways you can go. Obviously, you know, if this is something you're comfortable with, then you say, you know, I, I, I would go into, um, okay, when do you believe life begins? Uh, you know, and we could talk that through. I've been in conversations where I haven't been persuasive that we just agree to disagree on when life be- begins. And the best I can do is say, do you agree that to take a life because it's inconvenient or or inappropriate for your juncture of your journey to take that life would be wrong? Like after the child was born, you would agree it would be wrong to murder the baby, right? So at least we can agree on that. And then you've put the stone in the shoe on when does life begin? That's dicey. And, and I, I hope you, I hope I did a good job of being respectful and asking questions. And I kept saying, I just want to make sure I understand where you're coming from. I just want to make sure I understand your question. And I'm clarifying, but I'm also leading. And that's it's a little sneaky, I, I guess, but it, but it keeps me in the driver's seat. You've asked me a question. That's permission for me to drive. I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to get us there with my own answer. And if my answer is protracted and full of other questions and points that I want to make, you ask the question. You know, like I I should be able to answer it on my own terms, right? I mean, I don't know if that's, it can be relationally yucky if I do it in a rude way, but I'm trying not to. I'm trying to do it in a really respectful and polite way, and I hope I achieve that with her. Did you at any point feel like I was being combative, except for when I said that's not exactly what you just said? Yeah, up until now. Okay, so and even then, what would be a better like- way to say that? I might, maybe another question to say, I guess I'm confused because I thought I just heard you say. I would say that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like continue to clarify. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. More questions. To where it's obvious
4: to them. More questions than
0: not statements. Yeah. 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 Which broke my own rule. Okay. So that could have been softer. That's good.
4: Yeah. I think. So then my other thing is then what happened, like how would you handle someone in that same situation? That's like, oh yeah, I believe it's murder, but I still am pro-choice.
0: I believe that abortion is murder. Yes. But I still think we should be allowed to do it. My body, my choice. Mm Is that where we're going? Yeah. I feel like
4: that's a harder one to...
0: Yeah, I guess I would go again into... I agree that you have a certain amount of agency over your own body. I could talk to you a little bit about what the Bible says about you are not your own, you were bought at a price, but I won't because I know you're not super ready for the Bible. But I would probably pepper that in because I do think it's important to say you're not entirely your own. You were created for a purpose and you didn't call yourself into existence. So you're not entirely your own, setting that aside. I guess I would ask at what point does it become two people and not just one? So here again we've driven back to at what point is does life begin? Mm. And I think that's a long conversation and sometimes it Sometimes it comes back to science. Sometimes it comes back to faith. I think it it depends on your conversational partner. So I personally would lean on when I believe life begins at conception. And the reason I begin I believe that is because I didn't, yes, I had sex to make that happen, but I didn't decide that life would begin. Sometimes we have sex and it does. Sometimes we have sex and it doesn't. Who decides? Somebody beyond me. And as such, that's a, an act of creating life that I don't have agency over Mm -hmm. and so I certainly would say life can't begin without conception so for me it's pretty simple that life begins at conception people believe all kinds of different things and the more that preemies can be kept alive at younger and younger ages the harder it is to argue that that's not a human yet but that's a that's a case-by-case thing and so I think I would just press into when do you think you become two people and are no longer just you. Mm. but that's not an easy conversation to have. And I think, again, we're just putting a stone in the shoe of, like, wait a minute, if life does begin at conception, and I'm taking that life, what does that mean for me? And I I have to say, I might even, depending on the person, I might even go into, what's your larger faith perspective? Do you believe, like, if you're good enough, you get to heaven? And, like as long as you don't kill anybody how does that stack up you know what I mean like there's a million different ways that you could go I could I would walk through this with you and exhaust it if you want to it just depends on the person you're
1: talking to this program is produced by study with friends learn more about us at studywithfriends.org And sign up there for email devotionals or download our Bible studies for free. If you are blessed by our work, please consider supporting our ministry with a donation. We believe in the local church. Please find a congregation where you can plug in and experience all aspects of the Christian life. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time when we study with friends.